0: Charles Buckle checks in with us. Typically on Tuesdays, he was busy in meetings, so we got him today. Buck, good morning to you, sir. Hey, Bill, how are you doing? Well, already got a few questions lined up. This is a good one, Jeff Two, right here on the six one five. Ask Buck if he's got any good NFL Combine stories, and how much has the Combine changed since you were there. <laughs>
1: I don't know if I have good stories. I just remember the amount of poking and prodding and uh,
0: them finding
1: the injury from my eight, you know, I was eight years old when I think I fractured my ankle playing baseball. I stepped in a hole, and I don't know of any of my other doctors, whether it was at UCLA or any other physical.
0: We lost him there. We'll, we'll pick him back up. Charles Arbuckle Willis. I was getting all excited about that. Now, I remember him telling this story. When he was a kid, he busted his ankle pretty bad, broke it or something, and out throughout his life after that, it never showed up. Played at UCLA until it was time to go to the NFL. Then they found it. And that's a pretty good story yeah, for, for Buck. And he can, he can get into it a little bit more deeply here when we get him back, but... Some of the stories that I've been told is just some of the weird questions they ask you. And I think I've told you this one. I had a player tell me that at the combine, when they're at the psychological aspect of it, not just the poking and the prodding and the medical, but the psychological. And one of the questions he was asked was, do you find or are you are you attracted to your own blood? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were there, Buck. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, remember. No, it might have been no, Brad Hopkins. Maybe it was B Hop, but somebody told yeah. me they they ask you weird. I don't know if they asked those weird questions back then, Buck. Yeah, they did. They did. Cause I
1: came a little
0: bit. I came a
1: little bit before Brad, but you know, it, it was like it becomes. You know, I always say this: know if you're getting interviewed or getting interrogated, right? And I felt like it was three days of freaking interrogation at the combine. Yeah. Because you're on a job interview, but you also have these num schools who don't quite understand HR, probably, you know, and they've done a much better job now. But back then, man, I, some of the questions I can't even remember, but I, you know, I can almost remember vaguely.
0: I, it, it, it's, it's been so long, and I've tried to erase that <laughs> memory. Man, I think we lost him again. Charles Arbuckle with us every Wednesday. We'll. Try and pick him back up. Buck is fantastic. Yeah, I want to get back to the ankle. I didn't realize he was already back up when I was telling that story. <laughs> and then I heard him. But – and I can't remember some of the other weird questions, but that, that was – that one is the one I never forget. And I don't know if it was B-Hop, it was somebody. I don't think it was Bubba Miller. I don't remember who told me that. But it was – it was – Dude recounting his time there at the Combine up in Indianapolis. Buck, are you back? Okay. think we're going to reboot and then get him back. Um Aliquippa Bob also has a question here for Buck. Plenty to get into this morning. By the way, after Charles Arbuckle, we're clear. Rest of the way tomorrow, TJ will be with us. And I may reach out to Jay Buck, see what's going on, because – He is in Scottsdale, and there's a lot of talk about the demise of the Pac-12 and what's happening. And I'll ask Buck about that, too. We've asked Buck about it many times in the past. Buck and I go back to the scare. I'm pretty sure we go all the way back to the scare of 2010. Now, back then, the West Coast wasn't the one scared. They were the ones poaching. Yeah, back then, they were the ones with strength. Buck Finish your story, though. When you were a kid, you busted your ankle playing baseball. Yeah. Never showed Uh up on any other scans until the combine, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you go over, and they just start, like, picking, poking. And I had, you know, I've broken my hand a few times playing football. Imagine that, you know, get your hands stuck between a couple of linemen and bam, you know, you, but you play with it, you pat, pat it up. But when they touch my ankle and, or my foot in that spot, they almost, oh, I mean, almost went. And it, and I hadn't felt that in so long, but it was. I had, you know, practice it years and years ago, and they pressed deep. I mean, they're pulling on you and pushing you. And, like, then you got to go out and do all the, the testing. So some people test before. I can't remember if it was after, but dude. Already psychologically get me in the mindset of you know uh, just just baiting me and telling me all kind of crap and then you go do this and you don't know who you know who to trust because they sometimes play good cop bad cop you know like I know you stole something when you were in fourth grade like no I didn't you know just, just, I'm, I'm exaggerating but it, right. it felt almost like that it it wasn't an interview to me it was interrogation and you have to go mentally prepared to be ready for anything they can pull out. Anything you've ever done, if it's been on camera, if a janitor saw it, they will find it. And that's what was so crazy about it. And that's why I, feel, I always look at it like this. You can interrogate us that that badly, but you can't take a quarterback right in the first or second round or generally through the, through the draft. It, it blows my mind with some of the things that they do at the combine and, and how, they, uh, how they put you through that mental
0: train, so to speak. How's that Buckle with us, played in the NFL, played at UCLA. So, Buck, I know you have conversations with your people back out west, but nothing that I'm hearing about the Pac-12 regarding their media future and or the threat of losing Washington and Oregon, <laughs> nothing that I hear, Buck, is going well. Bill, it's been bad since Larry Scott took over,
1: and it's getting from bad to worse. And, you know, I still think Notre Dame is really the key factor in a lot of this. And I have, you know, I have a podcast episode coming up with Nina King, the Duke athletic director. So a lot of times in the summer and the spring and, you know, off season, I try to get around and visit with ADs and administrators, coaches and other folks, but what's interesting Research on her is that all three of the athletic directors in the Triangle area, or research Triangle area, are all Duke. They all have, I mean, uh, UN's North Notre Dame affiliations, which was just really interesting to me because Notre Dame is their 15th basketball school, but they don't play, they only that one year were they in the conference. And the ACC is a little bit of an interesting thing. I heard you guys earlier, I think I saw something earlier about Granted Rights. But I say all that to say that the Pac-12, when they had the opportunity, they wanted to own 100% of nothing as opposed to 49 or 50% of something that could have really been pretty special. Football's played out there pretty well, and people want that time slot. But you've had a Larry Scott hangover. Uh, George Kliakoff is doing everything he can. But I don't know – if that's going to make a difference. I don't know if Apple TV is your savior. And it seems like that's where it's going. And Washington and Oregon could be the flagship schools, but I don't think they feel like they'll be safe if they stay out there. They, they can't. I mean, I'm, I'm not getting this on their account. I'm just seeing what, what's happening. When you got the Big 12 telling you, hey, we can come you, when you have uh, your best options at SMU and San Diego State, no and, and I'm not saying this in any disparaging way because I think San Diego State should have been in the Pac-12 many years before this. But SMU, even though it's in Dallas, it's a, a private school and it doesn't move the needle, in my opinion. So I, I think when you're out there whining and dining schools before you've even brought them in, that opens you up for public scrutiny. And it's almost like the guy that has a big bank account, but women don't really, you know, they don't really like him because he's not a attractive guy or just doesn't. He's not the, the, the prime catch. And I feel like that's what the Pac-12 is right now. It's as good as, you know, they like to say the Conference of Champions. Yeah, it is Olympic sports-wise, but football drives the needle. And your, your biggest school, in my opinion, one of the most hated sometimes is USC, and they're gone. So what are you going to do now to keep that together? It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a case study we'll talk about, but Larry Scott set those dominoes in motion, and they just seem to keep falling, not in the right way.
0: I hate to be rude, but there's never been a bigger conference commissioner crook than that guy. He's probably Uh, sitting on his own island right now with an umbrella drink laughing.
1: Yeah, Bill, when you got a guy that's a former tennis guy that comes in and says, hey, I'm going to show you how to run football, and I'm going to go move my – I'm going to tell you a a few stories about the Pac-12. I met a few people there. They were nice people. But I never worked with the Pac-12, and I never could understand how can a two-time All-American from UCLA, and I don't usually throw my stats or anything like that, but how could I not even get a sniff from this conference, but I can go work everywhere else? Well, we don't don't have the budget to fly you out, or we can't do this. And I don't hold a grudge against the conference, because I have great memories of the Pac-10, and I want to see the Pac-12 do well. But when you aren't making your own people feel like a part of it, how the hell do you think, and I'm still going to be out here talking for the conference because I, I, I've had great memories there. But the, that doesn't mean that I like the ownership and I like how they've run it. And I know George Kleofkopf is doing all he can, but there's been so much bad stuff and, and things that have happened. And like you said, the money that was taken moving into San Francisco, the highest, highest zip code in the country, but you moved the conference office there. And, but you can't fly people. Out to games and do these games, and they have some really good announcers. Don't get me wrong, but they have also some guys, and I'm thinking like that. That was a problem for me just from that perspective. So I go a step further. How do you think they're going to negotiate TV, TV deals properly if they can't even get it right in their own inside?
0: Aliquippa Bob says, "Ask Buck." which conference he thinks Florida State and Clemson could end up in. And Florida State's AD, as you know, Buck on Friday, uh, took out the sword and started rattling it on Friday with his <laughs> board of trust. And then he asked also about Oregon and Washington with the Big Ten.
1: Yeah. I mean, in a perfect world, I think they stand the ACC. But if I look at FSU and Clemson, that, that's what he said, right? Yes. FSU and Clemson. Yes. They've always been – kinda of like SEC schools, right? So if the SEC decides to expand, why wouldn't they go after one of the flagship schools in Florida and then South Carolina, I mean Clemson and the state of South Carolina gives you a rival where you already have, but you also have a Clemson team that's been you know, throughout the years they had a, a stretch where they weren't as strong, but they've always had a good football program and football seems to drive the needle in the SEC. So the ACC has to guard against that, but I would say that ideally it's the ACC that they stay with. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see some movement. I don't think the Big Ten will reach that deep down in there, but it could. Now Washington and Oregon are interesting because I keep hearing Big Ten, Big Ten you know, Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, and they'll be the beacon schools. I have no idea what's going to happen because a lot of it is predicated on that TV deal or the T V deal that doesn't get signed with the major, major network, or maybe it's a major network but it's Apple T V that's really the driver. So I, I really don't know. Um, I, I mean I'm interested to see how that's gonna go and you know, I'm gonna try to get out west and get get in front of some of those folks just to kinda get get you know get get more information on it.
0: Buck, even if and when the Pac twelve does get an agreement, and apparently they're getting low-balled, so it's not going to be the number they want. We know that. But well, let's say they yeah. do get an agreement that's $25 million. Washington and Oregon aren't going to sign a grant of rights agreement. There's no way. No, no.
1: I mean, they, they see what it's doing to the ACC, and I think the thoughts of it being $30 million made everybody think, oh, there's a chance. But I, I think everybody knows that they are they need this deal it's not they have they have no leverage in this and I think that's the part that the TV media execs can all just say hey look we know we know you need us more than we need you we need that slot the slots that you fill and we like your brand but we don't love your brand is what I, I feel like is being told to the Pac-12 right now and that's difficult to hear if you're a conference so you've got to figure out how do we get the best deal possible Maybe the, as close to 25 million as you can, whatever whatever that is. I don't know the the number. And then you got to start figuring out how do we make this conference viable if it stays together. If it doesn't, then we're talking a whole different set of circumstances. But I, I just it, it's a tough. They're in a tough spot right now from the way. And you know, isn't it funny? We're talking about a tough spot, and schools will still get 20, 22, 23 million, maybe more. I don't know whatever the number lands at. Right. Still better than what what that crappy deal they've had for a, a number of years uh, leading up to now.
0: Buck, we're out of time. Let me just tell you what I wanted to do next, and there's no, we okay. do not have the time. That's Dion. I wanted to get into Dion. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that next week. I, 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 I'm going to the combine, so I might have some new combine stories for you. We'll do it. Appreciate
1: it, man. <laughs> All right. All right, Thanks. Man, take
0: care. Yeah, I wanted to get into Dion, and we just were. What do we have? Pat, we have maybe a minute, something like that. So, no, no time to get into it. Buck is so good, man. Man, is he good. Always enjoy that. We are, y'all, clear the rest of the way. I enjoy that part, too. So, the next hour and, oh, let's say 20-plus minutes. Freedom. I mean, we can go wherever we have to go. We can go wherever we need to go. Latitude is unlimited here. And I'm the guy to navigate. I feel confident in this. Let's take the break. We shall continue. Presented by the Omni Nashville Hotel.